is Wyman and Bob on Seattle Sports Station. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Streaming live on the Seattle Sports app and at seattlesports.com. Now, here are your hosts, Dave Wyman and Bob Stelton. Welcome, everybody. It's Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports Station on 710 and seattlesports.com. A beautiful day outside. Hopefully, you are all having a great day. we got good stuff coming up today. We're going to continue our uh, preview of some of the potential draft prospects out there that the Seahawks may be interested in. We have no idea who they're interested in, but we're just going to we'll target everybody. And that way we know we covered it. Well, I think we're going to, you know, have some hits here because you're talking about the Georgia football pre and post game host. There were 15 OGA players <laughs> last year, University of Georgia players, 15 that were drafted. So you're saying so, we, we were going to talk about a lot of players at the next level, and we'll uh, we'll have been right. We'll have covered somebody, perhaps the Seahawks. That the Seahawks will have some level of interest in. Yes. Yeah. So it, yeah, it'll be interesting. So Jeff Dantzler, he's their uh, pre and post game host. He will join us at three o'clock, and then a name familiar to a lot of NFL fans and Seahawks fans, Josh Gordon, now of the Sea Dragons, will join us at four o'clock. How about that? I think that it's going to be really interesting. Remember, in when the just the dragons were here, and it was right before the pandemic, and we all went out there and saw uh, Oliver Luck. Remember, Oliver Luck yes. was down on the field. Remember, in fact, I I was elbowing you like, hey, Dave. yeah, and I got a chance to yeah. talk to him a little bit. He was the commissioner, and uh, he'd been like a soccer commissioner. Apparently, he's just a really good commissioner. <laughs> he can whatever the sport, but uh, yeah, I sat. <laughs> quick story. Uh, I sat next to Oliver Luck. In like kind of the nosebleed, I took my son for a trip to Washington State with a buddy of mine, and uh, we watched a game, the Stanford-Washington State game. And Oliver Luck, and this was Andrew Luck's senior year, and he was like the best quarterback prospect in 20 years at that Mm -hmm. time. And uh, he was sitting up on on like the 10-yard line seats up there. You know, just didn't have VIP, not down on the field, anything like that. And then, you know, afterwards he's like, well, I guess I'll go stand in line by the buses and see my son. So, I mean, he's just very understated. I was very impressed by that. And he sat there and talked to me the whole time, seemed to know something about uh, the fact that I'd played in the NFL and stuff like that. That's why you like him. (laughs) No, I mean, he was just a total regular guy yeah you know so uh yeah he was the commissioner and then but now getting back to josh gordon i mean this is a guy that loves football and and i think the the one ex, ex, couple experiences i had with him like on the road when he was here in seattle is that he's a very soft-spoken sweet guy and you know gotten to obviously as you said well documented off the field but mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to hear from him i think he's uh He's, you know, one of those guys at least, he's only 31. It seems like he's been around for forever. I know. I know. I feel like we've been hearing his name for a very long time and often for the wrong reasons. But, yeah. you know, so, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll catch up with him at 4 o'clock. Should be interesting to uh, just see where his mindset is playing in the XFL after playing for a number of teams in the NFL and, uh, you know, spend a brief amount of time here with the Seahawks. So we'll talk to him coming up. Meanwhile, ESPN did a, a pretty cool thing. They did a redraft of the first two rounds of the 2022 draft, which we've already deemed a massive hit for the Seahawks. Even if you didn't redraft, you'd still look at it and go, Seahawks crushed it. They yeah. crushed it. Uh, but they, you know, you look at uh, where a guy, so what they did for those that haven't seen it, they they go through the first two rounds, they show the original draft order where everybody was picked, and then they have a new draft order based on what the season produced. Right. And so you look at the Seahawks' first overall pick, which was number nine overall, 
Charles Cross still at number nine. They didn't move him up or down. They just left him in that spot. They moved uh, Boye Mafe up two spot, which I thought was interesting. I mean, it wasn't a massive jump, but considering we didn't hear his name a ton, he didn't have a huge impact. He started to come on toward the end of the season. He started to hear his name a bit. Yeah. They, they actually moved him up a couple of spots. Well, and that's obviously they're competing against other rookies that were drafted. But, I mean, that's kind of what happens your, your rookie year. I mean, you get – I think he had three sacks, and it was very quiet, a very quiet three sacks. And, as you said, he, he got better and better as the year went on. But, you know, based on uh, based on that and just compared to what everybody else produced, yeah, I, I think uh, – I guess to me it's not surprising that, that he went up. And no, I mean, look, if you can get that kind of production, which really is not a lot, but still it's, it's something. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, so keeping that in mind, you look at Ken Walker, who was taken with the number 41 overall pick in, in the regular draft. And then this redraft, you're thinking, okay, we, we've broken down his season saying this is a guy that went over a thousand yards in essentially 11 games. Didn't didn't get double-digit carries till game five. Then he got hurt later, so he didn't have a ton of time, still went over 1,000 yards. They moved him up one spot. I, that, that to me, was odd, considering what he did, and I think he led all rookies in rushing, uh, just to go from 41 to 40 in the redraft. I thought was, I don't know. No, <laughs> I, I, think it's, I think it's ridiculous, and I, I don't think that we're being a homer here. I mean, nine touchdowns. And then, you know, we've talked a lot about how the season started off for him. Yeah, I, there there was a couple of surprises in here, and I, that's one of them, for sure. I don't, I don't understand that one. Um, you know, the other one is Sauce Gardner, and we'll get to that. But I yeah. still think Aiden Hutchinson was, you know, had the most production, considering the fact that he got sacks and interceptions. So, um, but... Yeah, that, I mean, there's some goofy things, definitely. That, but I, I think this was probably a pretty difficult task. They had a lot of people putting this together, but I just don't see how you see a rookie and go, "Oh, he was drafted in the second round. He got over a thousand yards." I mean, yeah, I, I figured he would have moved up a handful of spots at least. I mean, a thousand yards again is not impressive. We've talked about that these days with a 17 game schedule. You're looking at 58. Plus yards yeah, a game, but it goes from sixty three five to fifty eight. I mean, it's yeah. not. Well, a I lot. wasn't. I didn't think it was that dazzling. At six, you know that was yeah. a, that was a mark that was established in a twelve game season. I think that became the marker mm. when it was a twelve game season. But so it's just kind of maintained. All right, now we're expanding the schedule. It's still a thousand yards is sort of the unofficial good. You had a good season mark or a great season. And even with 17 games, it's still kind of the mark. I think it needs to be adjusted. Well, but. it's kind of funny how we get caught up in numbers, right? Like if you ever see Bull Durham, yeah. like, you know, batting, I don't know what the number was. He was talking about 250 mm-hmm. or whatever, but he was talking about how a, couple a, more a dying quail yeah. or whatever, you know. Ground I mean, ball with eyes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, it's just funny that those numbers, I mean, why isn't it 975 or yeah. 950 or whatever? Or why isn't it 1,050? Which is what he got. So yeah, yeah I, I I agree with you. I, I think that was, you know, they did it. They did a good job with that. But I don't I don't see why he would not get moved up more than that. Yeah, and then Abraham, Abraham Lucas goes. He went in the third round originally, number seventy two, moved up to number sixty one into the second round. So he yeah. he takes a nice jump there, but the uh, and, and deservedly so. I mean, both tackles were great. They they were huge to the to the success that the team did experience this year. So they were they were crucial to that. But the biggest story, the biggest jump, was from your cornerback Tariq Woolen 
who was a fifth round pick, and he got moved up to number three overall in the first round. The third overall pick in the redraft is Tariq Woolen. And I'm still mad about it. <laughs> well, because number one is Sauce Gardner. And as I said in my notes to you guys last night, like, yeah. all right, are we just are we too old school? Passes defended carry much more than him. And and then you look at it in this redraft that he'd be the number one overall pick that somehow his season was more impressive than what Aiden Hutchinson did. I don't I don't quite get it. I know the only category where I saw he was he was besting Tariq Woolen was in passes defended. Certainly not an interception. He didn't he didn't best Hutchinson in that. To which uh, Tariq Woolen said, uh, "What am I supposed to PBU some of these interceptions?" Yeah, don't don't catch them. Just knock them down. Yeah, but well, there's there's one thing, and and this is mostly based on like coaches and you know people that that are watching, like Bucky Brooks, who I believe Bucky Brooks played. Uh, he was a defensive back in the NFL. I think I think he was a safety or corner. Sauce Gardner, you cannot argue with how smooth he is. He's very good. He's he's got great hands, great what you know, eyes is what they, they talk about a lot. Really good reaction time. I mean, you know, I I just I think Tariq is obviously pretty raw, you know, but he still produced, man. And I thought also there was two interceptions that I can remember. One was against Arizona when he was covering who's the guy with the freakishly huge hands the receiver in arizona deandre hopkins deandre hopkins <laughs> i mean he he covered him on an which i thought was kind of a sloppy little in route and he jumped it and put his hand out knocked it down and he was like man afterwards holding his head like i could have got my other hand through there and picked that off so i think there was a and then i can't remember where the other one was but you see him holding his head like he could have had eight right i mean he had he had six right yeah I still, I still can't believe that. So, but he did get moved up to to number three. So I think. Well, that's yeah, fifth round to third overall is huge. Is pretty huge. But yeah, I don't, the the sort of fascination with Sauce Gardner versus Tariq Wool, and I think is it just it's, it's annoying. It's annoying yeah. to to Seahawk fans in particular. Yeah, it's just and and again, nobody should take it as well. He's not. We're not saying he's not very good. He's no. He he clearly lives up to the hype. He does. But when you just look at the production overall, is it, is it enough to put you in that number one spot above the the other cornerback who was shining this year that is a pro bowler as well that had more interceptions and you know uh, lower passing rating against and all that good stuff? I, I I don't know. It was just kind of interesting to see the fanfare that follows him. Yeah. Well, and also I, I think I, it's his nickname, Sauce. Yeah, I think oh, people get really get into that. I think there's. There's there's some element to popular his popularity that's based on just his nickname and, and <laughs> I think the, I'm telling you I think that's a great observation Bob I do, I do I think that there is something to that people think you know and then remember he had the big uh, chain that said sauce the giant I, medallion yeah that, yeah and he had the blades on and everything uh, so yeah uh, you know I, I'm gonna get riled up about another one and it's Brees Hall. And that's another guy. Like, are are suddenly the uh, the New York Jets just magical or something? Because he was the running back who got hurt. Yeah, he got hurt. He played in like seven games. Uh, he didn't run for what two hundred eighteen yards that he ran for, and then I think he had uh, I don't know. He had like eighty to a hundred or yards from scrimmage. I guess was six eighty one. Is that right? No, I I think. But he only played in seven games. Yeah, and he, he only he started was tweeting two. out. 
you all wouldn't want to see what I would do if I was healthy or something yeah. like that. Like, I'm sorry. Right. He had, yeah, he did have a total of 681 yards because he had, you know, 463 on the ground and 218 um, uh, catch, you know, receiving. But he, he's ahead of, of Ken Walker. Why, yeah. I don't, I don't get that. Why, why are the Jets? I mean, I know, and this is just something that you know us out here on the west coast south alaska whatever uh you know always kind of complain about with new york and the media and the east coast bias and things like that but those are two jet players that i think should be behind the two seahawks that we're talking about and well, Tariq woolen and uh <laughs> and uh kenneth walker i do think that's very funny though well that's based on production that's not just hey we like our guy better because no. he's wearing a seahawks jersey i mean if you flip the script, and those guys had these numbers, and the the Seahawks players, you know, had their numbers. Wouldn't you be going? Yeah, I don't, I don't know why they're ahead of them. I mean, well, Sauce Bob, Gardner, look at the six picks, and look at what. I think you nailed it. He's got a cool nickname. I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm telling you, there's something to the name. <laughs> there's there's a popular there's a level of attention oh, that comes to with a with a name that's unique and I remember they did something on Carmelo Anthony when he was coming out and how Mello. because of his name that there was a different appeal to the youth it was this it was this big article that was like and the way it was written you kind of went yeah I guess I get that you know just people like to say the name and it was so different than you know Dave Bob Mike you know the really original names we have so it, it's sauce. Kind of a cool nickname. It's yeah. kind of cool, and I think people like saying it, and it, it, it brings a different level of attention. And he is a hell of a player, but he, I, number one overall? Come yeah. on, man. And then the biggest jump is uh, this This has to put a smile on the face of one Paul Moyer. Uh, you, you see Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, last pick of the seventh round in the redraft, number four overall to the Jets. Yeah. They could use a quarterback, though. Yes, they could. <laughs> yes, they could. How about that jump, though? Mr. Irrelevant yeah. to a top-five pick. Yeah. I'm going to go somewhere in between you and Moyer, okay, because we know that Paul Moyer probably is – like, you know, I if he's not drafted into that system with the 49ers, I thought they made it – I don't want to say easy because playing quarterback is difficult. I don't Still care who you are. Still got to make the throws. And, and the other thing is is that, you know, you're a rookie – and I guess the fact it's almost like the the nickname with Sauce Gardner that the fact that he's Mister Irrelevant, yeah. It, like if you just said, "Well, he's a seventh rounder," that's like taking a flyer on or, him. Like he's just, or even if you said he was an undrafted free agent, I still think Mister Irrelevant kind of resonates with people. Like this guy was the last pick in the draft. <laughs> there was so, nobody left. So <laughs> I think that there's an overreaction to that. He was he was good though. He was good, but I I don't know that he plays that well if he's drafted, you know, by the Jets or you know, but look at 67% completion percentage, 1300 yards, 13 touchdowns, four interceptions. So, that was a huge deal. But, you know, the the one thing I think that um that is is great for the Seahawks is that everybody got moved up, right? Um, yeah. you know, of cuz we we got Abraham Lucas in the second we got right. him in the Third round, and he was in the third. He got in the redraft of the, the second. Yeah. yeah, and then you know Ken Walker only moved up one. Mafe moved up. Mafe moved, moved up. Yeah, and, and then Cross stayed the same. But you you look at some you know some of these other teams because the number one pick was Trayvon Walker with Jacksonville, and and he had a good year, but they put him down at I want to say it was like the the second half of the first round. So I mean, so for the the Seahawks. You know, everybody either stayed the same or moved up. So that was uh, that was the good news. 
Yeah, it, it's just it's an interesting exercise, and it's yeah. you know it's it's somebody's opinion. It's a, I guess a few people's opinion, a collaborative effort out there. But yeah. uh, back when we talked to John Schneider, he you know he as it pertains to Tariq Woolen, talked about what what they saw in him at the time. Does he want to be a great player? Does he does he is it in his heart? Does he want to be a champion? Does he want to be you know does it how how much does it mean to him? Yeah, I mean God has blessed Tariq with incredible you know six four. You know, 35-inch arms, four two six. you know, really great eyes. And with Tariq in, in particular, you know, I think, you know, the reason he's falls to the fifth round is because he's such a, he's such a, he's such a good person. And so he's not a real edgy, you know, loud guy. He's just like, you know, he was really very much kind of to himself, had made a transition from receiver to DB. And it's like, okay, you know, where do you, where do you take a chance on, to your point, like the height, weight, speed part? Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll just tell a couple of stories that I know I told during the season, but still, it just with Tariq Wool and I, I mentioned the story about where he's in the back of the bus with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, and uh, this was in Germany, and it was like a twenty-minute ride, and everybody was kind of tired after practice, but those are the only three back there, and Tariq Wool was just talking the entire time. The, another time we were on the and Carl Scott, who I got to kind of get to know down on the field, talking to him and stuff, who's the the new coach that's just a genius defensively and everything. <laughs> he was on a an elevator. He was in the back with me, and then Tariq was up when there's like six guys, and Tariq is like, blah, 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 blah. Nothing bad, nothing. Like, it was just like talk. And after they all get off, Carl Scott looks at me and just shakes his head like, damn rookies, you know. <laughs> so um, that's that's what I love about him. And you can see that, like, the reason why DK and – uh, Tyler Lockett let him talk is because they like him. They, you know, they admire number one his play, and but then also I think he was accepted right away. And it's not, I mean, if he was cocky, somebody would have told him to shut up, right? You know, so that that's what I I, I like about him. And John, you know, mentioned about how this guy is just so driven. This is what you know he loves football, and it's not. Again, you know, talk about this. Some guys like being football players. Other guys like playing football. And that's who he is. He's the latter. I mean, he's he's just a, a great person. I don't I don't think he's kind of a oh shucks guy. And yeah. you know, we talked to our guy Baldy, Brian Baldinger, and he, he was like that was his favorite guy. Like when we were in Kansas City, he's like, I gotta go talk to him. So he was over there warming up and he went over and uh and talked to him. I said, Did you get any shoots out of him? He goes, Oh, he's country there's no question about that but um but yeah he just just loved him and then you know we saw this after some of the games where the veterans were coming over and talking to him Mm -hmm. from other teams that i'm pretty sure didn't know who he was so or before that they weren't familiar with him so i I think it's just the the play so and you know as much as you want to talk about sauce gardner and how great his technique and everything is i think i think that uh you know when you get that kind of respect from your peers that are veterans I mean, usually you're like, well, let's see you do it again, Rook. Yeah. You know, or like Will Disley uh, told him. Oh, shut up. Shut up, Rook. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, well, you know what the kids say, Dave? Game recognizes game. So that's, that's what's going on there. All right. Well, look at you. You talk about <laughs> Sauce Gardner with the fancy nickname. You got the fancy little that's right. phrases there. I'm hip. I'm hip with the cool kids. Let's take two. You got to say that in your voice. <laughs> that's a new promo right there. I'm hip with a cool kid. Exactly. There, there we go. go. There, there we go. go. Hey, dog. Actually, interesting <laughs> to know what you guys think about this one. 
I'd be a little concerned, but I uh, want to know what you guys think. So the 2023 NBA Celebrity All-Star Game, their rosters came out today, and DK Metcalf is on it. He's playing on Dwayne Wade's team, so his off-season adventures, we know he's competed in the 100 meters, the MLB celeb game, now the NBA celeb game during All-Star Weekend coming up. Don't twist an ankle. That's exactly what I was going to say. Don't tweak your knee. Just cherry pick. Just hang out under the basket or wherever his, his hot spot is, if he's a chucker. I don't know, but... Yeah, we just don't, you don't want these guys hurt. <laughs> I would love to see him do some kind of a elaborate dunk, though. Just some sort of windmill, 360, yeah. just freakish athlete type of dunk. You know, early 2000, I think, or late 90s, there was a celebrity all-star game uh, down in Arizona when I lived down there. Mm-hmm. Cal Ripken could dunk. Dunk yeah. the basketball. He was a really good. And then I bought him a beer. Me and Sean Salisbury were sitting in front of him at the game. And we bought him. I brought back two beers. So it was like one was for me and one was for him. And he was with his agent. And so then the, the agent reaches over and goes, oh, thanks. And I was like, well, this one. Okay, here, go ahead. So you gave yours to Cal? I gave mine to Cal and then the other one to his agent. His agent. I was like, come on, I could only buy two beers. I'm now beerless. But uh, <laughs> my point is, though, that, uh, you know, you look at uh, some of those guys that don't. I mean, Cal Ripken doesn't look like he's this ridiculous athlete. Yeah. DK does. And so I, I'm wondering if he's going to try to, like you said, don't hurt yourself, DK. Yes. And now we learned why Wyman hates Cal Ripken. No, just his agent. Just his agent. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so uh, NFL Network's Ian Rappaport said today that Brock Purdy will have surgery to repair that torn UCL, and it's going to be on February 22nd. And in that report, Ian Rappaport noted that the Niners believe it's a six-month recovery process. Hmm. Yeah, there was uh, sound like it was that number regardless, right? Yeah. That we were hearing it would be six-month recovery if no surgery, with surgery, same thing. So if you were him... You know, and maybe it's just because I've had a lot of surgeries and I don't think it's that big of a deal. Um, I would have the surgery. I would want, if they gave me those two options, said it's six months either way, I'd say make it better, stronger, faster. Make yeah. it, make it go in there and put in titanium, whatever you, you need right. to do to make it even more secure that's going to ensure my future. What What is going to give me the best chance well, moving the, forward? And the really good doctors like Ed Calfane, who's the who is the uh, the doctor for the Seahawks, he'll, he'll try to actually talk you out of surgery because there right. is risk. There's risk no matter what. But, yeah, I, I to me, I'm like, what if you, you did let it heal and you get to the end of it and it's like it didn't work, now i got to have surgery. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we see that in a lot of sports, guys opting to try rehab and physical therapy and all these things, and it feels like you waste a couple of months and then they're going, okay, so-and-so is going to have surgery now. And you're like, well, why didn't you just do that? from the-? And I know it's easy for us to throw everybody under the knife but man it feels like that happens a lot well i gotta say that um at this point last year if you'd have told us that we're talking this much about mr irrelevant (laughs) you would say you're crazy but um good luck to him i mean i hope he works out to be as good of a a player as you think he is bob and not not the player that paul moyer thinks (laughs) there's the i'm not saying he's joe montana i'm not saying he's an all-time great i'm just giving him credit for what an amazing story he is and what he was able to do this year I, I think it's a, you, an incredible story. You love story. him, Bob. I you love, love story. him. You love San Francisco. He's the greatest. You're right. He's the greatest. Patrick Mahomes. Give me Brock Purdy. All right. Coming up, uh, does the weight of expectations. Did I say take two was brought to you by Swedish Cyberknife? Did I say that? You just no. did. Treat prostate cancer with Swedish Cyberknife. Swedish.org slash Cyberknife Prostate. Coming up, does the weight of expectations make LeBron's accomplishment one of the most impressive of all time? We'll get into that next with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports Station on 710.
Wyman and Bob. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle's Sports Station. This hour of Wyman and Bob is brought to you by Muckleshoot Casino. Last night we saw a significant record fall, Dave, one that has been held for a very long time by one of the all-time legends in all of sports, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, one of your favorites. And LeBron James breaks his scoring record last night. Were you watching? No, I saw the the highlights and everything, but uh, saw my guy Kareem out there. But, uh, yeah. He's, he's, he's a much kinder, gentler version of Kareem these days. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what happens to you as a person just in uh, in general. But, um, yeah, I think that, that there was some ang- anger that he carried with him. And, uh, you know, some of it certainly well-founded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, um, yeah, I just – I didn't want LeBron to break his record. You didn't, you didn't want LeBron in particular or just anybody? Uh, just anybody. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's – I don't know. It's it's pretty darn amazing to see what what this guy is doing. He, now it's all subjective. Whether you think he's the greatest ever, he's a, he's number two, number three, whatever whatever your feelings are about him, it's it's all subjective. But to see a guy who's thirty eight years old, who's been in the league for twenty years, he's averaging over thirty points a game still. You know, I had somebody hit me on Twitter saying, "Oh, he he just stuck around to to break the record." I'm like, and they said like Emmett Smith. I said, well. Emmett Smith was a, was a shell of himself when he played for the Cardinals at the end of his career. LeBron James is still a top 10 player in this league. He's an all-star. He's still, I mean, he's he's kind of a freak of nature. We've not seen anybody really like him that size that does what he does. And and more importantly, the question I was thinking of last night, this is a guy that was on the cover of Sports Illustrated as a high schooler mm. and with a giant headline, the chosen one. I mean, you talk about expectation and and hype and pressure being put on a kid. How often have we seen anybody in any sport receive that level of hype and expectation and not only live up to it, but exceed it? It's a good question. Uh, you know, I, I think that uh, there is a lot. And, and you know, the other thing about the NBA is, you know, like I, I say, and it's not, not a huge deal, but like you're out there. First of all, NBA players can't hide, right, as far as the public goes. I mean, if you walk, if, if you, anybody that sees a tall person, you're like, <laughs> you must be the... You must play basketball. Yeah. What's that? Is that the Colin Coward imitation? Basketball players are tall. They just are. Was that Schlereth? <laughs> Schlereth, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, he's six foot nine, 250 pounds. He's walking around. Everybody knows exactly who he is and all that. And, you know, I would say in, it's his 20th year, man. I mean, it's just it's it's pretty incredible. So, I mean, yeah, I think for the most part – you know, I, I think sometimes he can be, as far as a steward of the game and everything, pretty awesome. Some, sometimes he can be a bit of a know-it-all. Uh, but, you know, I, I think for, I don't know, and we, we have sound on it, but I, I'm still a Jordan guy just because I'm I'm old school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I felt like with uh, with Jordan, I thought a lot of his life was a bit of a mystery, you know, and I'm not so sure that that's the case with LeBron. Well, here's here's what that moment sounded like. LeBron James, a shot in history. LeBron stands alone. The NBA's all-time scoring record now belongs to LeBron James. 
It's pretty crazy if you think about it. And I, I was watching all the post game interviews with him last night, and they were, you know, he was being interviewed by Shaq and Jamal Crawford and and all these different people, and and talking about how long he wants to play. And he's saying, "Oh, I know, I've got at least a couple more years in me." I mean, he's going to be forty years old in a couple more years. It's pretty amazing. Where where's that? And I think they said Kareem was forty two when he retired. Um, I mean, he might put this record completely out of reach until the next phenom. Like, I mean, you're talking generational talent comes into the league and somehow exceeds it because, you know, it's it's lasted this long with Jordan, with all these, you know, just ridiculous scoring threats that have come through the league and that, that Kareem record has stood the test of time until now. What's he going to score? And, and if he plays four more years, three more years, is he going to – a few thousand more points. I mean, it's just gonna. It's it's weird to think where that record could ultimately land when he calls it a day. Yeah. Well, and then also, I think Kareem did it in twenty-one seasons, and this is uh, LeBron's twentieth. Yeah. So you know, he yeah, just ridiculous numbers. The thirty-point average, which I think is sixth or seventh in the N- NBA right now, is uh, is pretty amazing. It, it really is, and he's a guy that. You know he's 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 very vocal about social issues and things like that. But that so was Kareem. I mean the 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 NBA has an award named after Kareem's for those that are that are you know for social justice and things like that. He took a lot of heat for his stances along with Jim Brown and Muhammad Ali and Bill Russell and those people during that time. I mean he was the face of of sort of rebellion, if you will, in those days. Kareem. Yeah. yeah. Well, he took a lot of heat, and they, the NBA has an award named after him. And there, wasn't a lot of, there wasn't a lot of help for players back then, right? No. I mean, There's when a, he was in Milwaukee, I think from that, my understanding, that's when it was it was worse. When he was Lou. Yeah. Lou Alcindor. Yeah. Yeah, he, and then when he changed his name, that, that was not a popular thing. It's the same with Cassius Clay going to Muhammad Ali and things like that. So, you know, Lou Alcindor and Cassius Clay are two of the cooler names. I mean, I, you know, I know that they train, changed their names for, for uh, religious reasons, but yeah. I was like, man, th- those really were Cassius Clay. That's an awesome name. Yeah, yeah. But it, so is Lou Alcindor, anyway. But yeah, yeah when you, in a, I think they portray that in the, uh, the, the Laker winning win, time, winning time uh, series. Is there another season coming up or something yeah. like that? Yeah. So yeah. that story's not. Done. Bob, have you seen it? I, I have seen. It. I asked Bob like twelve <laughs> times on the air. Why you, haven't you watched it yet? Do you remember Sardis? From, Sardis from, from Seinfeld. <laughs> Sorry, I don't word, remember Sardis. We're Bob. going two inside now. Yeah, uh, but yeah. yeah, there's going to be another season. But yeah, and they portray you know his time in in Milwaukee, and it's uh, <laughs> can understand why he you know was was the way he was. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just it's they these. These athletes, and I saw an interview with Kareem last night, and I love listening to the guy speak, and I've had a chance to speak to him a couple times over the years. He's a very thoughtful individual, you know, in answering questions, and and he was praising LeBron for who he is off the floor more than who he is on the floor. He's like, yeah, I mean, that's obvious. That's amazing what he's doing there, but it's sort of having the courage to take the slings and arrows that come with expressing opinion or expressing, you know, uh, an opinion on things that are touchy these days and it's never more touchy than it is these days it seems so you know regardless of where where you your position is whichever side you're coming from you're going to alienate somebody you're going to upset somebody if you're saying i believe this there's going to be somebody on the other side going you're an idiot how can you believe that yeah when well, i gotta say you know like during the time when it was the the worst when we were all locked down that's when i remember kareem abdul jabbar coming out and trying to calm everybody down a mm-hmm. little bit and you know he's grown into that 
kind of a person. I think it just happens naturally when you get older, you mellow out a little bit. Like yeah. I, I talk about the days when I played, I was an I was an ass. I was. <laughs> I mean, I was a little bit more contentious, and I, I, like I said, up till about when I was forty, like I just was not going to take any crap from anyone. Yeah. Lest it end in a fight, Bob. And then my so, wife asked so she me to said, stop. Okay, but you know, you need to cut it out. But Kareem, I, you know, I, I thought, and it was a very pure message. He was like, you know, go befriend someone that doesn't look like you. You know, reach out to people and and everything. So yeah, the, the fact that that he beat his record and hopefully he will mellow with age. Uh, LeBron James, just like uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is, because he, like I said, he's just. I think he's maybe Tom Brady. I'll put. Uh, that to the test, but as far as ex-athletes, I love Dr. J. I've always mm-hmm. loved Dr. J. That was my hero. I had a poster of that. I was going to be an NBA player, Bob, when I was a young kid. And then you stopped me. growing. Well, it's kind of like saying I was going to be an astronaut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, Dr. J. But, yeah, he's he, he's up there, and hopefully uh, LeBron becomes that, that kind of guy. I'd be curious. And text this in if we're missing somebody. 866-979-3776, powered by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. I just last night I was racking my brain trying to think of somebody who came in with that kind of hype that not only lived up to the hype, but exceeded it. You, Tom Brady. <laughs> he came in with no hype. I mean, fifth rounder. <laughs> think, think of being a, a teenager on the cover of Sports Illustrated with giant letters, the chosen one. I mean, yikes. That's a lot, man. That's that's yeah. that's a crazy amount of expectation. But all right. Congrats to him. This hour of Wyman and Bob is brought to you by Muckleshoot Casino coming up. Well, it's always entertaining and it's time to find out what's bugging. Uh, I think this should just be called what's bugging us because it's, you guys have really you know, commandeered this segment at different times, and it's uh, we're all bothered by something. Well, it's pretty amazing that we ran out of things that are bugging Bob. It's been a while. I've been yeah. just in a state of bliss. All right, <laughs> that's coming up with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports Station on 710. What's bugging Bob? It could be traffic. Hey, 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 hey. It might be Angels fans. I hate you. I hate you. I don't even know you. And it's definitely Stephen A. Smith. I got a lot of problems with you people. It's time to find out. What's bugging Bob? I'll tell you what's bugging me. Wyman left. He's not here. He left the door open. Everyone can hear us. What's bugging me is the toaster oven that we have in the kitchen. <laughs> That's what's bugging me. <laughs> what's and a coffee machine and every appliance out there. Were you cursing at it like you were, <laughs> like you were cursing out the coffee machine yesterday? <sighs> yeah, that, uh, that really wasn't my fault. <laughs> I didn't really do anything wrong. It was it was uh, the error of the machine. The inanimate the object once again. Seth machine. and Fresno, where are you? Have you checked in? <laughs> He's got to have a comment on it. Uh, all right. What's uh, what, what is that? What's bugging you? What's going on with the with the toaster? Well, oven? it's just outdated. But I appreciate having anything to warm up food, so that's fine. But um, you know, I don't want to be a diva or anything. But that thing, it just it's uh, it doesn't shut off uh, on time, and it's uh, it's fairly primitive. It's got you know weird knobs and things like that. It looks like an old VCR that cooks. Yes, that's a good. That's a very good description. There you go. It's uh, bugging you. Not much. Not yeah. much. Nobody's let their dog poop in my front yard for a long. time. Do you still time. have the hillbilly fence? No, no. Shannon would not have stood for that over the holidays and everything. Oh, you took it down before Christmas. It's all rolled up, you know, because it's in like a wire that's covered with rubber. It's about. I don't know, maybe a yard high. And so I just rolled it all up with the stakes. 
but I'll throw that baby back out there again if it if it starts to heat up. You let her know. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I find a couple of landmines out there. Guess what's going back up? I like the all, fence. Uh, I like all these these people. There's a couple of guys that were saying that they, you know, were worked on the the neighborhood that I was in, and mm. when I moved in, that they pooped on my uh, on my property <laughs> somewhere. There was an outhouse on your property. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, thanks for that. I like this five hundred nine. Is Dave really complaining that something isn't high tech enough? <laughs> that is perfect. Well, that. I do not have a response for that's That's very good. You jammed me up with that one. Yeah, and then Seth and Fresno chimed in. The inanimate object strikes again. So there you go. That's the bane of your existence. Well, I actually did burn my hand a little bit, so <laughs> I had to reach in there. and I could. It was sliding off into the back, and, you know, there's all kinds of crumbs in there. So anyway, yeah, I don't want to – because our – our girl Patty just does an awesome job. Oh she, yeah, she she's runs the, best. the entire. So I don't want to. It's not on Patty. Okay? No, it's she just, unfortunately is in a position to make up for what everybody doesn't do in there. You know what I did? I'll say that this was maybe I should get like a an above and beyond award or nomination at least. I don't think it exists anymore. I, I stayed here after the show about three weeks ago, Mike. Two and a half. Emptied the entire dishwasher. Yeah, I thought you were doing something else. You what? You came away with clean hands, so oh. I thought you were staying to do something else. You thought I was. You, you, re- you, you disappeared. You period. reappeared twenty minutes later. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I did do that. So uh, maybe maybe get like a little uh, recognition for that or something. <laughs> you, you get like you a, want an attaboy. Has anybody had a uh, above and beyond nomination or certificate? I don't, I, I don't think it exists anymore. Do you want a sticker or what? What do you want? Well, a plaque? It was like, I think it was like a plaque or something yeah. above and beyond. The, you know, for doing something that you know you don't necessarily get paid to do or whatever they yeah. emptied the dishwasher and it's one of my f- least favorite things so yeah i think it's your it is your least favorite thing is it not you dread <laughs> yeah dave sends me a picture of all of his silverware laid out on the counter and says this is what i'm dealing with it's a grind we have two sets of silverware <laughs> like different style it's it's just ridiculous one is for your fancy highfalutin guests and the other is for the common unwashed well actually we have three then if you say the the highfalutin one yeah, and Shannon redecorates the dining room table what based on if based, it's spring, if it's fall, if it's based Halloween. on if it's these people or if it's these people. Yeah. <laughs> Christmas, the whole thing. Yeah. Everybody can everybody that comes to your house can tell they're they're standing in their pecking order based on the silverware. Like, oh, I see. We got the we got the third third rate. Yeah. If you and Lusco come, it will be like the three prong with the big plastic. heavy doily at the end. It'll it's be plastic. Terrible. Would you give us a spork? Do you have any, do you have any spork yeah. apparel there? Spork. We're going to no. be cutting meat, snapping the knife. Oh, do you have another no. one? This one broke. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how it goes. That's how you know when you go to Dave's house. You know where you stand with, with him and Shannon. You ever get those on... uh, meatballs from Costco? The uh-uh. chicken ones? Uh-huh. Are they? Yeah. Solid? No. All right. Explosive. It- uh, here's how I would describe them. Okay. Explosive. Oh, really? Is yeah. that what you're trying to heat up? Is that why? Well, no. I got. I've got. Uh, well, it's. They have many fine products there. I have the little uh, egg McMuffin. Yeah. yeah. You like those? You like most of what good. Shannon brings home. Jimmy Dean. Yeah. Yeah. Egg McMuffin. Yeah. Uh, someone. <laughs> Two oh six. Please, someone quickly give Dave a participation trophy. Oh, oh boy! Orange slices, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you. I'll tell you one thing quickly that was that was bugging me today, and that's that's hearing Kyrie Irving play the victim. Okay, well, I think I think this dude is is just he's an immensely talented player. I wouldn't want him on my team. 
I mean, th- this is a guy who's been paid just truckloads of money, and somehow he's the victim talking about, you know, I felt very disrespected by the by the Brooklyn Nets, and I feel very wanted by the Dallas Mavericks And after he demanded his trade. And nobody ever talks about my work ethic. They all talk about, you know, what's going on off the floor. And I'd say he's earned those conversations with some of the things he's done and posted and said. So he just is uh, – when people draw that kind of attention to themselves and then complain about, you know, I'm a victim, I'm a victim – Nobody talks about my work ethic. They, I just, ugh, I just, some, I find him really, really distasteful. He's just not a guy that. First of all, I don't think he's a winner. He won a title when he was with LeBron, and then he said, "Well, I did my job in Brooklyn. They're in fourth place." Mm. I'm like, "Well, mission accomplished, champ. They're in fourth place. Okay, you did your job. You, you know, you're being paid ridiculous sums of money. Don't act like you're you're going above and beyond. You want the above. That's what he wants. The above." Uh, and beyond award. He wants the, the plaque. Yeah, like I he's, do. he's been put upon, Dave. It's just <laughs> not been an easy ride for Kyrie Irving, and nobody really seems to understand his plight. Well, I, I think that that just as a whole, like athletes have learned what not to say. And to me, the disrespect thing falls in there. But obviously, we heard this yesterday. Somebody was making millions of dollars talking about feeding his family. Yeah, that was Latrell Sprewell. Yeah, so it's like, come on, man. You know, you're not you're trying to decide, you know, whether or not you're going to have generational wealth, or you know, you're going to buy, you know, a brand new sports car or something like that. So that, you know, I think anybody that (laughs) says that is tone deaf. But then the same, I'd say the same thing with disrespect. I mean, somebody's paying you a ridiculous amount of money, and especially crazy money. Yeah, and read the room, right? Who who's listening? You know, I mean, I guess you're t- if you're talking to other NBA players, okay, but... Yeah, he said, his quote was, I just want to be places where I'm celebrated and not just tolerated or kind of dealt with in a way that doesn't make me feel respected. There are times throughout this process when I was in Brooklyn where I felt very disrespected in my talent. I work extremely hard at what I do. No one ever talks about my work ethic, though. It's like, oh, oh, you okay? You okay, little soldier? Okay, I hope you get through this trying time. Kyrie Irving, give me a break with that. He's bugging me. That's what's bugging me. See, we found it. It just had to talk it through a little bit. Uh, Yeah, that's it. That's it. All right, coming up, uh, we'll learn more about Jalen Carter and the rest of this loaded Georgia defense from Jeff Dantzler of the Georgia Radio Network. We'll continue our preview of uh, potential targets for the Seattle Seahawks in this year's upcoming draft, and you know there'll be a lot of Georgia Bulldogs in it. We'll talk to him. Coming up with Wyman and Bob, this is Seattle Sports Station on 710.